and verse 46. And I'm going to I'm going to say before I read my text, if you're here without the Holy Ghost, you don't have to wait till I get through. If you are here and have a need from God, you don't have to wait. When the pool was troubled, it was time for somebody to jump. If you waited, if you hesitated, and somehow or another, if we could ever get that attitude across our people, don't sit there and struggle with wanting to respond to what the Holy Ghost wants to do in your life and lose that opportunity. Matthew 12, verse 46, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Lord, we thank you today for your blessings. Thank you, God, for your word. I'm asking you, Lord, now to take your word, put it in our heart, Lord. Anoint our ears that we can hear, and our heart, Lord, that we'll be to accept and respond. We're going to give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated. What would you like to see happen in this service this morning? Now, if it, if it were time-wise and permissible, we could start in one corner and say, sis, stand up and tell me. And go right down the line. And it, it would be amazing what people might would say that they want. When you, when you decide, whenever you decided that you were going to be in church today, there was a reason that you decided to come to church this morning. Now, you may not have realized it as, <coughs> as reality, but something had to motivate you to make the effort to come. I want a closer walk with God. I want the Lord to work out a situation in my family. I'm having problems with my children, and I need some help and some hope. Praise God. Now, my granddaughter, one of my granddaughters the other night, uh, when we, she rode home with us from church and as uh, their house is up front on the street and we live down a lane behind them and uh, when we, 
prepared to stop to let her out, she says, can I go home with you? And I said, well, sure, anytime. Well, when we got to the house, she, she said, Granddaddy, I need to talk to you. I'm struggling. Praise God. And, of course, they understand that I do not supersede nor even attempt to take the place of the pastor. That's understood. If you bring up a subject that you need to go talk to pastor about, I'm going to say, babe, let me tell you, you need to go talk to Pastor Howard. But uh, when it's just grandpa and, and granddaughter, and they have confidence to come and say, I need to talk to you. Well, she started talking. I won't go into detail. I didn't ask her what she was struggling with. Wasn't any of my business. Uh, she said, Granddaddy, I've been struggling with some things uh, in my walk with the Lord for some time. I need some help. And uh, I said, well, you know what Pastor taught just last Wednesday night. Sometimes it's good, and I'm going to just do what I feel like this morning. Is that all right? Uh, he said, sometimes talking to the church, you struggle with issues that you are so embarrassed you can't talk to anybody about them, and the enemy blows it out of proportion to where you're going to stay in that cave of isolation. You need to come and talk to your man of God, and some things are only resolved as your man of God puts his hands on your head and rebukes that spirit. I said, you remember? She said, yes, sir. And then go talk to your man of God. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there's victory in this house, and it is not the will of God that anybody under the sound of my voice be tormented by the spirits of hell. But the flip side to that is you've got to have a desire that will override your feelings or even your personality or that little streak of pride. Thank you, Jesus. The reading that I read to you this morning said desire, used the word desire. Now, Webster says that means to wish or long for or to crave. Now, you're not going to get very far just wishing. You know, I wish I had a million dollars, brother. I'd, uh, I'd say, go make that transaction tomorrow. 
and let's settle that deal. I could sit around and wish the rest of my life for some things and they'll never happen. Praise God. I can long for some things. But I'm going to tell you what, when you get to the stage of craving, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I'm going to find a way, if it's humanly possible, to make it happen. Because I'm going to give up some things. I'm going to sacrifice some things to see it happen. I'm asking you again, what do you want? Is it just a longing or I'm feeling something deep in the spirit that somebody needs to take another step? and start craving some solutions to your situation. You said it's impossible, not with God. <laughs> How many times did he just speak the word? He didn't even bother to go to the house. He just spoke the word. He didn't even lay hands on a situation. He just spoke the word. The woman with the issue of blood, what was it, 12 years? The Bible said she had spent all of her money on doctors, practicing physicians. That's why they give them that name, practicing. We'll try this, and if this don't work, we'll try this. But Jesus don't have to do that. We don't have to go through that process with him. How many times have you heard the story of a doctor prescribing a remedy for a situation and the patient died? Because something else that they were taking, it overrode it and uh, caused the death. That wasn't intentional, but uh, they're still in the ground. Jesus never did have to worry about that. How many times have you talked to somebody about what you're struggling with and they couldn't rest till they ran and told somebody else. On and on and on and on and on. You don't have to worry about that with the Lord. You could stand up this morning, walk down that aisle, come here and kneel, and you can tell God your most personal secrets. I'm feeling something right now. It'll stay right here. There's things in your life that you would be embarrassed to the point of death 
if somebody ever found out about it. Because we're all human. I would be so embarrassed, it would be probably hard for me to hold my head up. But when he forgave me, he washed it away. I've seen people come back around the altar, the chronic seeker, and uh, sometime for, for months and years and repent over the same thing because the devil is beating them over the head about uh, their, their, their memory. You see, he forgives you and washes your sins away, but the memory is always there. And when you start creating a desire to move higher in the Lord, the devil's always going to bring that memory up. If you had not have done that, this you would not be in the fix you're in now. <coughs> All of us have made mistakes. All of us have made misjudgments. But all, all the Lord is waiting for, and the pastor's already said it, is for somebody to get beyond the dimension of just hoping that it'll go away. It ain't going to go away just by wishful thinking. But I'm going to get to the place that I'm saying Sunday morning, Halitha, Kansas, is the day that I'm going to get my deliverance. Oh, praise the Lord. If you want to carry it home with you tonight, you can do it. The Lord is a perfect gentleman. He will never force you to do anything. But I feel his spirit right now walking up and down these aisles. And he simply will just walk by and just linger a few minutes. Sir, that that's building inside of you, that craving, that desire, if you just come to me, I'll take care of it. Do it right now. You don't move. You just march on by. That problem that you've been struggling with for a long time, I'd like to take it this morning. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly. I'm not rough. I'm not out to abuse you for what you've done. I'm not hiding behind the corner waiting for you to just come around so I can climb on top of you and start, no, 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 no. Would you just let me come and take care of your problem? That's what the Holy Ghost does. That's what you're feeling right now. That's the desire that's building in your spirit right now. But the enemy says if you got up and went to an altar or if you stood up and lifted up your hands, people are going to wonder what you've done. He wants to keep you in the place to where he can torment you. 
The next time you start trying to fast and move up in a dimension of the Holy Ghost, he'll bring that back to you. If you would have got deliverance back on Sunday morning, you'd be able to do what you're wanting to do now. He is a tormentor. That's what he does best is pull you down. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm waiting. The Spirit's waiting. The Holy Ghost is waiting. God is here to deliver your spirit. When that craving gets to the place that you can lay your pride on the seat and say, here I go. It doesn't matter how hard your pastor craves to see you delivered. It doesn't matter how much the church is fasting and praying for your deliverance. It's got to come down. The old chorus said, it's not my mother, nor my daddy, my father, my sister, nor my brother. But it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I can't go to the altar for you. If I could, me and this pastor would clean this building out this morning. Because we would gladly go for you. And say, you don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to, you don't have to make that. Let me go for it. That's exactly what the Lord has already done. Hallelujah. It wasn't too long ago in our home church. Sunday morning, me and my wife pulled up on the parking lot, and it's not unusual for us to be the first or one of the very first there. And as we pulled up, there was a, a car sitting two spaces over from where we generally park. Well, when I parked there, I noticed out of the corner of my eye without staring that it was a lady. I didn't look at her as such. I just saw that it was a lady. We pulled up and parked. I got out of the, my, our car. We went in the building. And there's one of our elders that's not doing well, and I always look over on that side. And if Elder Copeland is sitting there, I'm going to go over and sit down beside him and say, how you doing, Elder? We're going to just kind of small talk for a few minutes because I want him to know that just because he's an elder now and he's not out in the limelight that he's just as important as he was before. You need to honor these grandmas over here. Don't you dare let them get to the place that they feel like how that nobody cares if we come to church or not. Oh, hallelujah. While I was sitting there talking, I saw this lady 
and I'm talking about just a matter of a few minutes, come in the door. She didn't linger. She didn't sit on the back pew. She walked down the aisle. She went straight to the altar and knelt. Well, I didn't know her, so I was hesitant of going and praying with her. The side door opened, and one of the ladies come in that evidently knew her. And if my memory serves me right, she was a backslider of some 20-plus years. She got up that morning, and she said, I'm going to church. I've got a desire. I don't care what the family says. I don't care what my neighbors say. I don't care what my friends say. I've got a craving. I've got, I know what it felt like when that Holy Ghost dwelled inside of me. I can remember what it was like to run the aisles and lift my hands and dance in the aisles before the Lord. I'm going to the house of God. And today's my day. Within 15 minutes, by herself. She had her hands in the air speaking in other tongues. Oh, I'm telling somebody, you don't have to have a crowd around you. You don't have to wait till all of the things are together. But God is waiting for somebody to say, I don't care. It's okay to say, I don't care. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, what is the potential if you would respond to what the Holy Ghost is dealing with you about for the rest of your family. What would it be like if just one person stood to their feet and responded to what they're feeling right now and tonight they brought their family, their children, their relatives and revival broke out in this church because one person said, devil, I don't care what's taking place. I've got a desire. I've got a craving that God would deliver me and set me free. Oh, hallelujah. We live in a microwave generation. And it's influencing the church. Praise God. There's too many places that all they're looking for is just a quick jump. A high squeal. Even a whistle. That is so to me disrespectful to the house of God. That is not worship. And there is no life change 
when that kind of commotions is going on. Just a jump and a squeal, and we had church, but there was no change. There was no life change. Just give me something that's fast. Just give me something that's loud. Oh, but that still small voice that's talking to you right now is what you really need to respond to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said that still small voice. I've got all the time I know the devil's not going to intimidate me. I know what I'm feeling. I remember the stories of the elder verbal being and how that the Holy Ghost used him. And he would walk to the pulpit and the crowd, as it were, were chanting, preach, preach, we want you to preach. And he would just walk to the pulpit and stand there and stare. That makes you nervous, don't it? Huh? How many convicted killer has been securely hid and a policeman was standing in his proximity and for whatever reason he was just merely standing there listening for maybe a noise. And that killer knew good and well that he was looking straight at him through those bushes. And finally, in frustration and fear, he would stand and raise his hands and surrender. It makes you nervous. But the elder would just stand there because the Holy Ghost said, don't say nothing. And invariably somebody Oh, I've seen big men jump out of their seat and run screaming to the top of their voice. God, save my miserable soul from hell. Diving under an altar, under the altar, throwing their cigarettes and their paraphernalia in different directions. God, save me a sinner. Oh, but today we've become sophisticated. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You come up to Bethsaida, there they bring a blind man unto him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, put his hands upon him and ask if he saw aught. Now that's not a comfortable feeling to have somebody to spit on you.
But I find nowhere where that man fussed at the Lord. Because he wanted to see. I don't like what you just did, Lord, but if that's what it takes for me to get my sight. Oh, praise the Lord. When you get a desire to straighten up your life, the Holy Ghost may require you to go and straighten some things out, but it'll be worth every bit of it. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hand again on his eyes and made him to look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Why would something like that happen? The Lord had power enough to heal completely the first time. I think he was trying to show us that sometimes in order to get total victory, it requires more than just an encounter. More than just sitting here on these pews today and this preacher trying to get you to respond. You're feeling the Holy Ghost. What you're feeling right now is the presence of the Lord. You're having an encounter with God. But that's not changing your eyesight. A good feeling, you're feeling that feeling. But that's what it requires. Pressing on until a change comes in my life. Praise God. You say, you just don't know, preacher. You just don't know, preacher. What I've done. You don't know what I've been involved in. No, I don't. And the beautiful part of it is I don't need to know. Because God knows all about it. He sees what you're struggling with right now. He said, come unto me. Ye that labor, struggle, and heavy laden, got a load on your shoulders. Just come to me. <coughs> and if you'll come to me, I'll make a trade with you. I'll trade you peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost for that load you're carrying. Why in the world is somebody that's fixing to file bankruptcy and somebody said, I'll trade deals with you. I'll take all them notes that you got. I'll give you paid in, in full. And I'll pay those notes off for you. And you can go free. Mm. 
I told you there's opposition from the spirit world. Sanchi, if you can help me the next few minutes to get a hold of God on this tear down some strongholds. Somebody needs to respond. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if I thought it would help, I'd come back there and and walk down that aisle with you. Just so you wouldn't have to do it by yourself. But there's something that's got to get inside your gut that says, I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to the altar. Kneeling where we meet God. And all he's requiring you to say is, I'm sorry, Lord, for my past life. If you'll forgive me, I'll live for you. I'll take on your name in baptism. The water's ready. And when you come up out of that water, lifting your hands, you have the promise of him moving inside of your heart and your spirit and abiding with you. And the way we'll know that the transaction has taken place is you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Could we stand? Come on, church, help me. You say, I've got the Holy Ghost. If you have a need with your family, if you have a need with your work situation, If you have a need with a physical situation, oh, today's a good day. I feel the waters of salvation troubled. Mm. Could I beg you? Could I plead with you? Whatever would be necessary, please. This is the offer of a lifetime. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Come on, let's talk to the Lord a few minutes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask the church to come around the altar, and if you would like to come with them, come as they come.